Good morning again. It's Thursday. I'm going to start with the segment that I thought I recorded yesterday. Actually, I did record yesterday, but somehow it didn't upload. So I'm going to do it again. But uh, yesterday I was talking about how windy it was and whether it was going to rain. Well, no mystery today on Thursday because uh, I think it's been raining all night. Um, Not to toot my own horn, but I actually was out shoveling leaves out of the uh, gutter and the the rain gutters this morning out in the street because, well, you know, the city's not going to do it. So anyway, it was starting to back up and flood. So I wanted to talk uh, uh, today about some news that I saw, uh, one in the uh, Reno Gazette Journal from... uh, yesterday about uh, the, the lead story and photo in the, in the Gazette Journal, City Mourns Man Who Fed the Poor. Interesting story about uh, Ray Trevino, who was the dining room director at Catholic Charities of Northern Nevada, St. Vincent's Dining Room. Uh, he was 74 years old. So again, a uh, story there that I don't think you're probably going to see anywhere else but in your local newspaper. Um, uh, turning to the uh, Nevada Appeal, I mentioned that the the top story there was uh, single stream recycling. Uh, Carson City is considering single stream recycling, but it may take a community effort to make it happen, says the story. Um, I find that interesting because I live in Carson City, but I'm not really familiar with uh, (coughs) how single stream recycling works or how that's different from what we do now. Unfortunately, the the story never explains that, so I still don't really know. Needs a nut graph in there. So the other thing uh, to point out is how it seems like election season never ends. And in the Record Courier, men in Gardnerville, uh, four stories inside about uh, uh, candidates and uh, announcing they either will or will not run for uh, office. One of them is. Uh, Mark Jackson announcing he's going to seek a fourth term as district attorney there in Douglas County. So, One other thing before I move on is uh, Las Vegas Weekly. This week, uh, fun story, 20, the 20 greatest attractions in Las Vegas history. And so that's I, I suggest you check that out in the Las Vegas Weekly. It's a fun read. And, you know, as they say, number one may surprise you. So... Uh, in fact, number one is, is one attraction in Las Vegas that I've actually never been to. All right, be back with a little more in a bit. Hey, let's talk a little bit about journalism and mass shootings because this is a really poignant column by Lauren McGee, uh, state capital reporter. It's in the Dallas Morning News. And uh, I, I absolutely agree here that something's got to be done. Let me let me read a little bit from this uh, column. Um, again, Lauren McGee, Dallas News. Uh, it's, the headline is Dear Sutherland Springs, You Deserve an Apology from the News Media. It starts, Dear Sutherland Springs, when I drove into town Sunday afternoon, it was still quiet. Just a few hours had passed since the massacre at First Baptist, and only a handful of local journalists were there. By day's end, dozens more had descended. By Monday, there were hundreds of us, 
reporters, producers, and photographers from all over the world. The media presence doubled the size of your grieving community, or so it seemed. You couldn't park at the post office. It was jammed with news vans and satellite trucks, its lawn trampled by a half dozen tents the big networks set up. You couldn't get a quiet meal at the local cafe, or waitresses try and get through their shifts rask again and again to talk about the friends and family they had just lost. Um, I, you see this happen all the time, and and you know I'm a journalist, uh, or used to be anyway, and they're they're not going to stay away. But there's some respect, there's some um, distance, there's some professional courtesy. Uh, that you have to take into account that you don't make it worse than it already is for people in this situation. And, and I, I can't say this is a new phenomenon. I've seen it for 30, 40 years, uh, and, and it just, it's always been disturbing. But uh, um, I think it's just getting worse. So I encourage you to read the, the whole article there by Lauren McGay and think about it yourselves. Okay, thanks. Okay, one more thing to talk about today. It's also not a particularly pleasant uh, scene to to uh, discuss, but you know, it's kind of a gray, cloudy, rainy day, so let's get it all out of the way today. This is a story from the Columbia Journalism Review, and the headline is, uh, Should Journalists Carry Narcan for Some in Philadelphia? The answer is yes, and it's it's somewhat related. Uh, it's the age-old question of how involved you should be as a journalist, whether you stand on the sideline and simply report, or, or at what point you get involved. But this is about uh, uh, reporters columnists, news crews, people covering a particular neighborhood in uh, North Philadelphia that is so overrun with uh, addicts, heroin users, and people overdosing that uh, at least one columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer has been writing about the overdose crisis since May, it says. Um, and I think long before that, I, I would ex uh, imagine but uh, he started carrying the Narcan so that he can save people, and he, he's got an anecdote up here about uh, uh, librarians in the, in the McPherson Square Library. They're carrying it and saving people's lives regularly. So, again, you know, they're human beings, um, you're in the situation to do what you can. Don't make it worse. Make it better. All right? That's enough of that for today. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.